CSN International presents To Every Man an Answer, the live apologetics program that equips you to give a reason for the hope that lies within you. If you have a Bible question or a question on the Christian faith, you can call us at 1 888 827 5276. Again, that's 1 888 Ask CSN. Let's get things started. Here's today's host, Mike Kessler. Hi, and welcome to Friday's edition of To Every Man and Answer. We're glad you've joined us, as we always are. Looking forward to being with you for about the next hour, answering questions about the Bible from the Bible, looking at a current world situation from a biblical standpoint. What we hear in church, is it even in the Bible at all? If you've got a question you'd like to ask us, that number to call again, 8888-ASK. CSN. That's the number to call, and uh, we got some lines open, so you're sure to get on if you call right now. And uh, again, uh, we have so many things going on in the world. Boy, we want to be uh, we want to be salt and light in these days that we live. This Sunday, we're going to continue looking at end times in the Bible, and so if you are in the Southern Idaho area, I'd like to invite you to come. I think you'll really enjoy it. Give you a little better perspective of what's going on in the world right now. Is it? Is it? Uh, Is the world falling apart or falling into place? Well, if you know the Bible, you'll find it's falling into place, not falling apart. And so we're going to be looking more at that this Sunday, 10 o'clock here in person, uh, River Christian Fellowship, Twin Falls, Idaho. And then also 1030 on the radio if you're able to attend in person. So we want to encourage you to come however you may uh, in person or um, uh, by uh, joining us on the internet, around the world on the uh, CSN stations, we just want to encourage you to do that. Tomorrow, we have a special uh, event here. Tomorrow, we have the Fall Harvest, where we take this time to minister to people about the Lord. We have fun, game candy, and all that kind of stuff for the kids. But a real opportunity to reach out to people, encourage them to come to church, and to really bless them and encourage them in these days that we live in. You know, we're not focusing on the goblins and the ghosts and all that stuff, but what we are focusing on is an opportunity to reach our community. And I pray that if you're a pastor of a church and you have an event as well, that we use these opportunities to reach out to a very lost, very dying world and encourage them in their relationship with God. Joining me today, special guest, featured CSN speaker on the Weekend Times, the Dacus Report. We have with us Brad Dacus from Pacific Justice Institute and uh, Brad, welcome. Oh, it's great to be on the program. Thank you. And, uh, you know, a lot of people wonder what you do. And I tell them you represent people like me and all of us listening, churches, organizations from uh, overreach of government's goofy laws. And it seems like our government just likes to make more and more of them. They minor on the major, major on the minors. And really, we find a whole separate set of um, laws for different people. This is what's kind of scary in these this world we're in today. Your thoughts? Well, you're, you're absolutely right. Uh, we see tyranny from a federal level. We see it at a state level, at a local level, with school boards and school districts. Uh, so uh, it's, it's a, a lot of turbulence taking place. On the positive side, we've got a great Supreme Court, the best in my lifetime. And it's really nice when you're playing uh, you know, in a sport and you know, at the end of the day that you're, you're, you know, that uh, you're going to win, win the game. That's pretty much what this Supreme Court, uh, allows us to feel when we're taking on new cases aggressively, uh, defending religious freedom, parents' rights, the sanctity of human life. Uh, 
uh, it's, it's, it's really a, a positive. And then, of course, we now have uh, even more good news uh, coming from Congress and that the new House Speaker is someone who I happen to know personally uh, is a solid Christian, um, not just any Christian, and he's, he happens to have a legal background as an attorney, but uh, he's also an attorney who uh, has weighed in in favor of religious freedom in the courts. Um, this is, you know, someone, the, you know, just the, the, the best person uh, that I can imagine to be there in that capacity, uh, especially with the challenges we're facing as a nation, uh, you know, in terms of religious freedom, parents' rights, sanctity of life. So we're very encouraged about that moving forward. And uh, hopefully after the next election, we'll even have more people who have a biblical worldview uh, serving in, in the, the House and the Senate. And the White House, for that matter. Yeah, uh, it's just amazing right now, all the things going on. You know, they got the uh, report on the gross national product so much better than they thought. And I got to thinking about it. Now, let me get this right. They're bragging about how good the economy's doing by allowing a million illegal people in our country just in the last year and giving all of them federal stimulus money, our, our, our tax dollars, to give people that broke into our country illegally who are all going to be buying stuff that drive up the GNP, but it's really borrowed money from our government that's given to them that drives the economy. I, I Brad, somehow I don't, I can't track this in my head. Is there thoughts here? Yeah, it, it's really tyrannical because uh, the reality is that money's not free. That means that's money that our children are going to be impacted by. We're going to be impacted. Our children are going to be impacted by it. Uh, the, the latest report says that, uh, that basically the interest we're going to be paying on the debt, uh, in the next fiscal year will be, uh, about the same or if not greater than our entire defense budget. Uh, so that's a, a yeah, huge, one trillion, one trillion dollars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's, it's, it's huge. Uh, and it's going to be even more than what we spend at the, you know, to defend our nation. Uh, it's, it's, uh, a, a terrible, uh, terminal trend line, if you will. Uh, it should be a very high concern for people. And hopefully it's something that, uh, our, our, those in Washington will, will someday be addressing sooner rather than later. Uh, and also in addition, when you're talking about, well, you know, spending's up and, and gross domestic product. Well, wait a minute. Uh, Actually, what's increasing also along those lines are credit card debts. And so what, what, the, what the numbers, the total numbers show is that people are spending their savings accounts dry, and, and it's at a very dangerous point. Credit card debt is increasing substantially. And I even talked to someone uh, this morning, and they said, well, about 30% of their mortgages they're getting are refis. I said, refis? But the mortgage rates are higher. They said, yeah, but a lot of people are taking out their equity from their home uh, to, to meet their cost of living and, and, and just, and it's, it's burning. It's, it's, it's going away. It's, it's so, uh, it's, uh, we have a, a terrible, a uh, lot of headwinds uh, economically. And, uh, unfortunately we're going to be seeing those headwinds get even stronger as we move into next year. Oh, I'm looking for the rapture. Jesus said, when you begin to see these things, Matthew chapter 24, look up your redemption draws nigh. It's not just America, everyone. It's global. And yes. uh, I believe this is one of the things that make this time different than all other times. And what we studied last week, and of course, we're going to be continuing to look at end times. Uh, Jesus said the, the generation that sees Jerusalem 
come back into Jewish hands, Luke chapter 21 is the last generation. They'll, all the things concerning this world will be fulfilled. And uh, I'll tell you, friends, I believe that we're seeing it right now. Again, Russia is still saber-rattling uh, war against America, united with China. And, you know, by the way, if America was out of the picture, you got to think about this for a minute. Boy, China could take Taiwan. Russia, in their own mind, could take the Middle East. Uh, there's nothing that will stop them if America was gone. Curiously enough, America's not mentioned in end-time prophecy. Russia is. China is. Uh, Europe is. Uh, we find Ethiopia, Libya, the Balkan states mentioned. Uh, Persia, Iran, and Iraq. But America's not mentioned. Very curious why. And many Bible scholars still to this day don't know why. Do we break into a civil war and the way we're going in this country? And I Again, uh, don't ever let anybody take away your Second Amendment rights, your right to keep and bear arms. It's the last thing we have in America that keep our nation free. Uh, When they come to take your guns, I think this is where the Civil War will begin. Because our forefathers warned us about this generation that we're in right now. That those that are trying to take away your individual freedoms are the enemy. That's right. Government is not good for you. Ronald Reagan said this. Government is not the solution to the problem. It is the problem. Well, that was from a president of the United States not so long ago. And so when we see these reckless acts of behavior, as we saw in Maine over the last few days, well, here's the problem with that. If the judges would not continue to release hard criminals back out on the street, I'm talking about this globally, or maybe I should say nationwide, we wouldn't have the upswing in in, uh, crime that we have. Well, we have to take away guns. We have to punish the good people because we won't do our job. You know, we got that doggone southern border and we got people crawling across it and, and they're increasing the crime. So let's cripple the good people of America. No, we're, can't go for that. We're not buying that chili, everybody. Don't ever let them register your gun. Don't ever surrender your gun. Because when you do, let me tell you something. The reason they want to take away your gun is because of what they're going to do to you in the days to come. And I guarantee you, whether it was Russia, China, or anywhere else, these wonderful communistes go. I guarantee you, the people, when they come, there's nothing you can do about it. The thing that keeps them scared is an armed America. And that goes for whether it's China or Russia. But you know what's funny? China, the communist countries, want America disarmed. Now, if there was only a president that was getting money from China under the table to pass laws to disarm America, oh, who would that president be? What do you think, Brad? (laughs) Yeah, unfortunately, uh, it is uh, very, very concerning what, uh, what could take place. We do have a Second Amendment. The purpose of the Second Amendment is not so people can go hunting or can just, uh, you know, defend people again who are trying to, you know, break into their house, uh, you know, and, and uh, defend your family. No, uh, it is for the purpose for the people to have the final say in case government comes corrupt, uh, in case government uh, makes a mockery out of our electoral process and it just becomes a, a corrupt uh, banana republic, so to speak. Um, we, the people, need to be able to take back our government. It's sort of a the, the final safety pin, if you will, 
in those uh, kinds of dire situations that our founding fathers uh, thought where it was very, very possible, so much so that they made it the right to bear arms at uh, the Second Amendment. Um, so it is it is a very you know serious concern. And I would say people, you know, if they do have uh, guns, if they do have weapons, they do need to be uh, sensitive. As an attorney, I will say they need to be sensitive to comply with uh, the laws of their state. Um, but a lot of people are leaving their states, you know, that are, are saying, hey, you know, you're, you're infringing too much on my right uh, to be able to bear arms. And we have, uh, you know, blue states like California and New York uh, really trying to push it to the edge. You know, how restrictive can we be? Uh, then on the flip side, we have red states like uh, New York and Florida and others that uh, have great tolerance and respect for this very important Second Amendment right. Amen. So many things to be in prayer about. Again, keep looking up. Our redemption draws nigh, and uh, I believe we are facing some very interesting times if the Lord delay, if the Lord tarries. And, uh, you know, Brad, I'm, I'm so glad you're on as an attorney uh, for us here because, again, so many people wonder about that. In fact, let's go ahead and go to the phones. We have Daniel on the line, Brentwood, New York. Let's go. Hi, welcome. I had a, uh, an issue. I was listening to Mike Fabares talking, and I love Mike Fabares, but you said something about um, uh, part of your judgment in front of God is if you submitted to the authorities, right? And I don't know how much that weighs on judgment, but it does come, it's a problem with my heart and my soul because God's telling me to resist. God's telling me to stand up for the, the tall and speak the truth. So, and that truth is that. I'll never take the mark of the beast, and I'm not gonna, and I'm not gonna submit to that. So I, my my soul is is hurting there now because I can't do Romans 13. Well, the thing is, see, here's the problem, and Brad, I'm so glad you're with us today because we have, you know, Romans 13. The Bible said to obey the laws of the land and things like that. But here's the problem, and this is what we don't understand. Joe Biden, as an example, had top secret documents that he was never supposed to have. He was not the president, he was the vice president, and he broke federal law. Donald Trump, who was the president, who had a right to have top secret documents, they're trying to indict him on these things where Joe Biden is skating and yet he's the real criminal. What, so what is this? I, I go along with Daniel and this question of, we'll obey the laws of the land, but we have two separate sets of laws. We have a set of laws for the liberal Democrats that can do whatever they want, take bribes under the table, this whole thing with Joe Biden, Hunter Biden getting paid from these foreign countries under the table. They have the bank documents, everything. not a single thing is being level, levied against them. And yet they make up stuff for everybody else. So what what do we do here, Brad? I'm so glad you're on today as an attorney because it, it we're, we're, I think America is trouble. We see the obvious glaring two sets of standard here. I, I'm loyal to America. I'm loyal to the Constitution. I'm loyal to the Bill of Rights. But this kangaroo uh, 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 banana republic stuff, what is that? Please help. Yeah, so, you know, we as we the people, uh, you know, have a, a fundamental right to you know, equal treatment, equal protection of the laws. That's what our Constitution doesn't grant us. It's just what the Constitution acknowledges. That's what makes it a fundamental right. Uh, so the extent to which government uh, bridges that by uh, giving by you know special privileges to one group because of their political party on the left 
and versus, uh, you know, pouncing on another group because of their political uh, ideology as conservative uh, or biblical, um, that's tyranny. That's flat out tyranny. Now, I'm watching very carefully the uh, Clinton trials because um, if he is convicted and the evidence doesn't support the conviction, which is what it looks like is very evident to me that it does not support it in any of the four uh, trials that uh, are not actually five, uh, if you count Colorado, trying to keep him off the ballot, uh, then um, then that would be uh, tyrannical. The American people would identify it as tyrannical. The, uh, the clear majority of Americans see these trials as just political maneuvering and not legitimate. So when that mindset comes into play with an actual uh, tyrannical determination that may put him, say, behind bars before even Election Day, uh, then we are at a point where it could we could have a terrible situation where the American people say enough is enough. Um, you know, this is tyranny. We're not going to put up with it. We're going to take back our, our land. We're going to uh, maybe uh, you know break away from the union, et cetera. That would be a, a terrible travesty. But that is what government is asking for when it fails to meet its obligation of uh, respecting uh, equal treatment, equal protection under the laws. And, uh, and it's so clearly spelled out in our spelled out in our constitution. It's a serious, serious uh, situation that could be catastrophic for our nation's continued existence uh, moving forward. It's nothing to be taken lightly, and um, and we're watching it very, very closely. It is just really amazing. And so I, I think again, you know, to really answer your question, Daniel, be as wise as serpents, harmless as doves, obey where we can. If they want us to do something. Uh, against our Constitution. Now, again, we find all the time, and Brad, you can verify this, where we have constitutional rights, but these these loony loons get out there and they violate our constitutional rights. They violate the Bill of Rights. Uh, oh, and and so then they have to be brought back into line again. Uh, right. And, and so um, uh, it shows that our laws are not lawful anymore this is where the problems are coming from your thoughts yeah yeah it, it well it, it's particularly problematic when you deal with state courts and state judges you know dealing with uh state constitutions that's what makes this so uh problematic uh in that uh, we're dealing with these these trials regarding trump where that's predominantly what we're looking at here is our state trials with under state law state constitution for the most part um and that's very difficult to be uh, you know, positively resolved by the U.S. Supreme Court if you're dealing with uh, the state constitution and state laws and, and uh, factual determinations uh, that uh, may be errant. So this is, this is a, a very serious problem. We've, we've not had this kind of a problem in American history uh, where we see our state courts being used uh, for lawfare if you will, like warfare combined with law and in a way that's not for purposes of equal treatment of law, but for purposes of, of furthering one political agenda by wiping out one potential uh, political candidate. Uh, this is what banana republics have done before. The, you know, the president in power will find some legal bogus reasons to lock behind bars their number one competitor and, uh, and in so doing uh, stay in power. Unfortunately, that's exactly what is happening 
uh, in the United States today. And, and this is a, a terrible, terrible travesty. You know, another area of travesty that we at PJI have taken on, I want to make sure I address this, is dealing with how the Jewish students and those who are pro-Israel being treated on our university campuses, not just in Harvard, but we're talking all across the country. Uh, Jews, Jewish students being persecuted, harassed, beaten up, and uh, and are beaten up by those who are uh, pro-Hamas, uh, pro-radical uh, Muslim terrorist uh, ideology. These are the ones who are doing this. Uh, and so we at PJI have made it really clear. I'll announce it here just as I did on our other social media. We are standing up and ready to defend any Jewish student or any student who's pro-Israel, for that matter, who is harassed by a, a radical, hate-filled leftist professor, anti-Semitic professor, or, or a group of students at a university uh, who are trying to uh, to harass them, attack them because of their faith or their support of Israel. Um, I want people to know we stand by, ready to go to bat for these students. And we have 36 offices in 26 states. So if anyone needs assistance in this regard, please, please contact us at pji.org, pji.org. We're doing all our work without charge. Amen. Wonderful. Hope that answers it for you. And uh, stay in line. If well, We might have lost you there, but please call back. Uh, we'll send you out to, uh, our uh, package we send people. I think you'll really enjoy that. With that, we'll go to Stacy, Fort Worth, Texas. Hi, welcome. Hello. Thank you, Pastor Mike, for taking my call. Hi, Brad. Thank you guys for all that you do. It's such a blessing. Um, my general question today is for you, Pastor Mike. I am interested in knowing, I, I happen to be a pre-trib. Um, mm-hmm. So I do believe that, you know, we will be gone before um, the actual tribulation starts. My question is, will there be souls saved during the seven years, or is it just 144,000, or are they going to be saved and just be the voice then for the Holy Spirit? Your answer is found in Revelation chapter 6. We find the tribulation period has begun. The guy on the white house, uh, white horse go, goes out conquering and to conquer. He has a bow, no arrows. At first, he goes out to unite the world diplomatically. A bow with no arrows. A guy on a white horse. Authority was given to him. Now, Jesus has always had authority. We know it's not Jesus Christ. He goes out when the first seal is broken, and he goes out conquering and to conquer. What doesn't come under his reign uh, diplomatically, he then uses force. And we find the fiery red horse. We find the wars breaking out on the earth. Then we find, of course, the famine, and then we find death, and we find those mentioned there. Then we find John also in Revelation chapter 6. The angel says, who are these under the altar? John says, beats me. He goes, who are they? And he said, these are those saints that came out of the great tribulation. They're found under the altar, They're told to rest a little while longer till the rest of the brethren would be slain as they are. And so they have a little bit different position in heaven than those that went in the rapture. That's why I believe the Bible talks about this blessing that is in uh, the rapture of the church. Jesus said, behold, I come as a thief. 
He also said, watch and be ready. You don't know what hour the Lord's going to come. Anybody that says, oh, Jesus can't come back to the middle of the tribulation or the end of the tribulation really are rebuking Christ. And I have found that is something I don't want to do. When Jesus said he can come back at any time, I don't want some man with some PhD uh, DDS letters behind his name saying, oh no, Jesus, he was just shucking and jiving. He didn't really mean that. Uh, He can't come back to the end of the tribulation or there is no rapture at all. (laughs) No, it's not what it says. He said, watch and be ready. You don't know what hour your Lord's going to come. And Jesus also said he's not appointed his church to his wrath. And we know the tribulation period is really God's wrath on this earth as God judges a Christ-rejecting world and deals with his nation Israel that final last seven-year period of time. Brad, your thoughts? Yeah, I'm really glad that that question was asked because so many people uh, do think in their minds that, you know, after the rapture, um, that's it. And it's just, people are going to be, just, you know, be, there's going to be no new Christians, et cetera. When you look at that, that kind of, of a philosophy, it really goes divergent from the character of God, uh, you know, who, who yearns for people to come to repentance for, for people to, to enter salvation. Now, you know, post rapture, it's, it's going to be terrible. It's going to be really nasty. A loving God doesn't want people to have to, to, to and even endure that. Uh, but the point is, is that there are going to be people who are going to come to Christ, who are going to repent uh, during that period of time. And uh, and that's, uh, I think, should be you know encouraging. But it's something that people, no one should should look at this and say, well, you know, if the rapture happens, it turns out this Christianity is right. Eh, I'll repent afterwards. Um, they're not going to want to be hang around uh, after the rapture. That is uh, is, is going to be a very, uh, very, very dark time. And um uh, and, but we at the same time, uh, need to understand that, that our God is a loving God and wishes for, for none to perish. No, not one. I hope that helps. Well, and he also is, yeah, he's as much as he is loving, he is also just. So yes. we have to, they need to know that he is a just God. And it's because of that, that's why we should adore him. Amen. That's why we should be thankful that he's given us time after time. He's long suffering and he appreciates and loves us so desperately. Yeah. Well, Matthew chapter 24 says, as in the days of Noah were social, the coming of the Son of Man be, they were eating, drinking, marrying, giving in marriage. It was party time. They didn't know there was an impending judgment when Noah went into that ark and his family. And I believe again, the world is facing an impending judgment. And they don't understand the time that they're in. So important as we live in these last days. As uh, we're coming up on a break, we'll be back for more. More than ever, pastors need to feel people's love and support. Over the last few years, many pastors have seriously considered leaving their church. But 1 Thessalonians 5.12 instructs all churches and all Christians to show and share their deep appreciation for those who minister to them. There is no better time to do this than Pastor Appreciation Month in October. And there's no better way to do it than using the easy as one, two, three, bless your pastor materials that are available for free at blessyourpastor.org. That's blessyourpastor.org. 
Plus, the great news is that if your church uses the 123 Bless Your Pastor materials, the pastors at your church will be offered a $300 scholarship application to attend a Family Life Weekend to Remember Marriage retreat. What a blessing this will be to your pastors and their spouses. For free materials, go to blessyourpastor.org. That's blessyourpastor.org. If you are 65 or older, you know this, watching your hard-earned dollars fly out the window on healthcare costs is so frustrating, but here's something that could really help, and it's worth taking a minute to look into, MediShare 65+. Plus. MediShare is a community of Christians who share each other's healthcare bills, and it really is a community too. People encourage and pray for each other. And MediShare 65 Plus is a low-cost option for people with Medicare Parts A and B, and it fills in the gaps where Medicare stops. It's a great way to fight inflation too. You can lock in one low monthly price for up to 10 years. Plus, it's easy. You can use any Medicare-approved doctor and get 24-7 telehealth from the comfort of your home. And here's the thing. If you join before October 30th, you'll get your second month free and save even more. I'll give you the number here in a second, but just tell them the promo code SHARE to get your additional savings. The deadline against October 30th, so now is a great time to call 833-90-SHARE. That's 833-90-SHARE. 833-90-SHARE. Welcome back to part two of To Every Man and Answer here on this Friday afternoon with Brad Dickus. I'm your host, Mike Kessel. Once again, reminding you, if you're in the Southern Idaho area tomorrow from one to four, we've got a great uh, outreach for the kids, uh, something they'll really enjoy, a lot of candy and uh, hay rides and bounce houses and uh, food vendors will be here. It's uh, a mini county fair, you might say, and uh, bundle up. I, I think it might be a little cool, but we're still going to have a good time. And so that's tomorrow. Uh, Saturday and uh, from uh, 1 to 4. I think you'll have a really good time. You bring your family out and it's just a good outreach for our community to help and bless. And so we look forward to that. Now going back to the phones we had our last caller asking about the rapture of the church saints. Something really important to always remember. The church is never mentioned on earth after chapter 3. That's good news, friends, because we're the church. The church is mentioned all the way through the New Testament, but you don't find it after chapter 3 on earth. It's found in heaven. And we find the Song of the Saints, chapter 5, who's redeemed us from every tribe, kindred, tongue, and nation. That's not just the Jewish people. That's everybody there in heaven. But then we find in Revelation chapter 6, the cataclysmic judgment of God on the world and God dealing with his nation of Israel. Now, there you find the elect, you'll find saints mentioned, but you don't find the church. And that, to me, is very, very important. So, hope that helps and gives you some insight in that. Let's go to the phones. We have Sarah on the line, Reno, Nevada. Hi, welcome. Hello, pastors. Thank you for taking my call. Hi, how may we help? So my question today is, whenever God clothed Adam and Eve and they were kicked out of the garden, did they wear those clothes that God gave them for the rest of their lives? Or did they, like, uh, sow fig leaves like they did before? Or, like, kill an animal and take their skin out to make themselves some clothes? 
I would say probably that they learned how to clothe themselves. I don't think they were sowing fig leaves anymore. I think that though God showed them, and what's really important about that, Sarah, is that the Bible says without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness for sin. And it's interesting, as they tried to sow fig leaves together to cover their sin, it didn't work. God killed an animal, which the shedding of blood, the animal skin was then placed upon them, and they were allowed to continue to live. Though not forever, I believe, as it was in the garden, it caught up with them about 900 and some years later where they, they died. But the point is, is that God, I think, provided for them everything that they needed as they were in the garden and also outside the garden. Now, God said, because you sinned, you're going to have to make a living by the work of your hands. You're going to have to till the ground. You're going to have to do these things. I believe everything was probably just hanging on the trees and they just had to go eat it. But it changed after the curse. Your thoughts? Uh, yeah, it's uh, God is is uh, very gracious and um, and gives us uh, what we need and and uh, and and I, I really like your analogy when you you, you talked about uh, how you know fig leaves weren't enough. There had to be the shedding of blood. Uh, I never heard that that parallel before, Pastor Mike, and uh, I think that's just a, a reminder of of how just from the very beginning, the Lord made it very clear that uh, there has to be a sacrifice uh, to cover our sins, which inevitably was the perfect sacrifice, which was Jesus Christ dying on the cross, shedding his blood for us and rising again to give us victory. And and it's very possible that this was also communicated to um, Adam and Eve's children in which Cain uh, disregarded and brought vegetables rather than a lamb, a slain lamb, as as um, Abel did. And his jealousy, of course, rose up and eventually killed Abel. But um, uh, Sarah, I hope that answers it for you. No, I don't believe they wore that same animal skin for 900 years. I think they, they were able to figure out uh, how to make, uh, make do with what they had. Uh, and um, hope that helps. Yes, thank you, pastors. Have a great day. Well, Sarah, you you too, and and stay online. We'll try to send you out something, and and I think you'll really enjoy that. And thank you so much. How old are you, Sarah? Good. How old are you? Oh, sorry. Um, I'm ten years old. Wow. Well, you keep reading your Bible. You keep studying your Bible because God's got great things for you. Stay online. We'll get you taken care of. Let's go to Rick. Charleston, South Carolina. Hi, welcome. Hey, I uh, love your show. Catch it whenever I can. Uh, my, first comment, my first comment was uh, when uh, when I tuned in, you were uh, talking about uh, Luke 21. Yes. And, uh, and I wanted to just throw out Luke 21, 20. When you see the nations lining up against Israel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think we are very close to uh, maybe that happening. Uh, and it's talking about the destruction of Jerusalem uh, before God rebuilds it, if well, I understand. Well, you. what we find here, this, I believe, is uh, verse 20. And, of course, uh, we have to remember in Hebrew uh, reading of Scripture, there was obviously what it meant. 
There was obviously the spiritual application, and then there was the future application. We do know that uh, Jerusalem was destroyed in 70 AD, and it lay desolate for for literally uh, centuries. Uh, And then, uh, through an act of the United Nations, Israel became a nation again in 1948. They got half the city of Jerusalem. They get the other half the city uh, in the uh, 1967 Six-Day War. And, um, and so because of that, Jerusalem, now under Jewish control, speaking Hebrew, the capital of Israel, against impossible odds, is just exactly what Jesus said would happen in Luke chapter 21. Now, what we read about here is also another future event. And this is what's called the abomination which makes desolate. And this is where Israel, of course, is going to be a cup of trembling to the whole world, I believe, until Jesus Christ comes back. Because Jerusalem, for those that don't know, will eventually be the capital of the entire earth. That's right. It's not going to be Washington, D.C. or Moscow or or, uh, London or something like that. The Bible says Jerusalem, Israel, will be the capital of the world where Jesus Christ himself rules and reigns. Now, the reason why this is important, I believe the devil does everything he can do to destroy Israel because it will interrupt, it will stop the prophecies of the Bible. This is what pride does to an individual. They believe that they're going to beat the rap on death. Satan believed he could become God. He believes that by wrecking uh, Israel and by destroying the Jewish people, that he can stop all the prophecies in the book of Revelation and those things that Jesus said in the entirety of the Bible as well from happening. But that's pride. And pride blinds you to reality. People have often asked the question, well, why doesn't, if Satan knows what's the outcome of the Bible, why doesn't he just cry uncle and, and surrender? Pride He still thinks he's going to win in the end. This is how insane it is. But you talk to people today in hospitals that are uh, got just a few hours to live. I've shared that story many times where I went up and uh, talked to a guy. I talked to the doctor outside the door. He says, well, he's probably only got a couple hours left. He's really failing. I said, is he conscious? He says, oh, yeah, he'll talk to you. I went in and I, I said, hey, I just wanted to pray with you. You're getting ready to go on a journey. And I, I want to be sure to uh, make sure you know the Lord and how to have your sins forgiven and go into eternity and, 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 and be a child of God. And he looks at me and he says, well, you know, I'm going to get out of this hospital bed here in another week or so. I, I'm even thinking about having another family. And I go, no, 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 no. You, you see, you, you're getting ready to go on a journey to leave this earth. And he didn't want to hear anything I had to say. Pride blinded him to the fact you've only got an hour or two left to live. That's what pride does to people. It blinds people. In the Bible says, interestingly enough, pride is at the root of every single sin. Isn't that incredible? So when we understand this, I believe that, that again, Satan believes he's going to win in the end. Uh, This that you're reading about here in in Luke 21.20 is where the abomination which makes desolate takes place, where the Antichrist sets himself in in the temple that we find measured there in Revelation chapter 11. 
uh, he uh, sets himself up, a name, a picture, or himself, um, and he declares to the world he's God and must be worshipped. The Jewish eyes are open. They realize that this man was not a friend of Israel. He's the Antichrist. And this is where Jesus said, don't even go back into your house to get your coat. Run and run fast. And now with modern weaponry, we know that the Antichrist, rather than suffer global humiliation, that this nation of Israel, that he befriended, that he signed a treaty with, probably to rebuild their temple. And maybe very possibly this could be the dedication of the temple. The very religious system that the Antichrist made, the Chrislam, the coexist, to unite the world, now he scraps and says, no, I'm God, you worship me. And the Jewish people reject it. Well, you think he's going to suffer global humiliation from this nation that he befriended? No, he's going to bring swift retaliation. Jesus said, don't even go back in your house to get your coat. It's going to be so quick and so fast. And I believe, friends, with the advent of modern weaponry, surface-to-air missiles, missiles launched from aircraft, this is why I think Jesus said, just run and run as quick as you can. Now, remember, the Bible tells us this is three and a half years into the tribulation period. Your thoughts? Yeah, what's really great is the fact that God gives us a a clear heads up on what's going to happen. and. Uh, the fact that um, that Satan, uh, he, many people think, well, he's sort of, you know, spiritual like God is sort of on the same, you know, wavelength. No, they're not, because God is outside uh, the dimension of time. God is in the future. He's in the past. I mean, God is all in all. Satan is not. Satan is limited by the dimensions of time. Uh, so, you know, he's he's calling his place as he sees it. Uh, you know, when he, when Jesus was crucified, you know, I can see Satan saying, yeah, all right, we defeated him. You know, bam, this is, this is done. Um, no, that's, that's not what happened. Jesus rose from the dead and, uh, and Satan lost. So, um, I think that Satan is, you know, he's, he's going to be, um, moving to do what he can with that, that pride and speculation, uh, to, uh, to try to undercut, uh, God to try to change, uh, to prevent prophecy from being fulfilled. Uh, pride caused you to do stupid things, but his open rebellion to God and everything of God, we see it manifest already through the darkness of today's society, the open rebellion of God uh, in our public schools in terms of uh, against against Israel. Um, so I, I think that, um, you know, and also when Israel uh, decides to say, okay, this is the Antichrist, this is our leader, we need to understand um, the people of Israel want peace. They've always wanted peace. Uh, they're not for, you know, destroying Lebanon, destroying Saudi Arabia and Egypt. No, they gave back the Sinai Desert. The people of Israel want peace. So I can see it being very easy for them to fall into this deception to think that, aha, we finally have what we've been yearning for since the beginning for peace, the peace of Jerusalem, only to find out when they put their trust in something other than the Lord, uh, they're going to be disappointed and the rise of the Antichrist will be no exception. So I hope that this answers your question for you. Thank you. God bless you, Rick, and uh, keep reading. I think, uh, again, his redemption draws nigh. Stay on the line. We'll send you out some books, some DVDs. I think you'll really enjoy. With that, we'll go to Heidi, Minnesota. Hi, welcome. Hello. Thank you so much, Brad and Mike, for taking my call. 
Um, I have a dilemma in a way that we haven't had a Bible study within my friend area for about probably since before COVID. Um, I did attend one about probably four weeks ago. It was our first one. And when I got there, I was excited about it. Of course, we're studying John 1 through 12 in the Living Guide Bible Study Book. And the main person that was running the Bible study is an older, what I considered a very knowledgeable, godly person. Well, all of a sudden, she decided we were going to do it online. Well, we went online, and we got this this verbal thing that was AI that was very, to me, demonic-sounding. I said, no way, I'm not doing this. And then the other girl, there was only four of us, was all glassy-eyed and excited about someone she didn't like getting COVID. And I was like, oh, my God. And the other one, I had had a heart attack on June 19th of this year, but I didn't feel like I should be calling people saying, oh, I had a heart attack, you know. And she was got mad at me and said, it's not all about me and stormed out the door. Well, when I left that place, I was like, oh, my God, what has happened to this group of women? And I haven't been able to go back. And I've lied about why I'm not going back. I just can't go back. Well, you know, I, Heidi, I think that I wouldn't go back then. You know, I mean, you, you said a few things there that are kind of weird. Now, first of all, you got to remember, you're in a Bible study with probably younger Christians, people that haven't matured much and say, well, I didn't like this girl. and I'm glad she got COVID, which shows really a person that is very, very, if she is a Christian, very immature in a relationship with God who definitely needs prayer. And the Bible says to pray for our enemies. So this right. is quite opposite to what uh, she should be doing rejoicing over somebody's uh, uh, dilemma in their life, which is unfortunate. And of course, uh, going to something online. Now, if it's a real Bible study and everybody's joining together on on the internet, I, I don't have a problem with that. Uh, if I have some AI computer voice that is telling me what, to, I, I have a lot of problem with that. I would probably say, no, I think I, I would be better off to read my Bible just personally on my own than listening some digitized, um, uh, you know, thing, um, trying to communicate that. Your thoughts, Brad? Yeah, you know, Bible studies are not just about reading the Bible. It's about fellowship. It's about encouraging one another, building up one another as members of the body of Christ. And uh, if you're, you know, God, obviously, he wants us to be very generous with giving grace and forbearance to our fellow believers. Uh, that's a given. But on the same time, you need to also have your own boundaries so that if you're in a situation where you're in a Bible study or what any kind of group uh, where you're, you feel more, you know, anxious, you feel uh, defensive, uh, you feel um, that it's, uh, it's, it's not pleasing God in terms of the things that they're, they're saying or doing, um, you know, it, it, then it, you know, I would find another Bible study. It's that simple. I, there's, there should be, you know, in yeah. fact, you can go to a Bible study that, may not be affiliated with your church. Um, that's okay. You know, the body of Christ is is more than just 
those in our church. So I would just really pray about it and be open to where God wants you to be. But do not forsake the congregating together. Uh, that is really important. Uh, you know, many people see that for, you know, for church, which is a part of the need for why we all need to be a part of a church body. Uh, but also, um, you know, it's also part of the blessing that comes with being a part of a, a Bible study where you have believers with humble hearts wanting to, to grow in Christ and build up one another. So um, I wouldn't give up. I, uh, that's what Satan wants. He wants you to give up. Just uh, move, move ahead, and, and I would try to find another group. Also, you know, if you uh, when you do and they call and t- t- ask you, say, well, be a part of our Bible study, you know, just let them say, you know, I've actually, I'm actually part of this other Bible study now, and, and I really I feel good about it. So, you know, I, so I'm not going to attend yours. I'm going to attend this one just very graciously. Uh, I'd make that clear. I wouldn't feel like you need to continue to to make up excuses when you join the next this other Bible study. You can just make it really clear you've switched uh, Bible studies. Uh, yeah, Heidi, and and again, if you're not being blessed, you know, and you, and you don't feel that, you know, just the things that that you said, I I would have to say maybe the motive is wrong, and certainly, um, you know, turning to uh, AI to do your Bible study. I, I, I just think artificial intelligence yeah. is not the way to go. So I, I think there's too many real life, breathing, feeling, uh, caring Christians to be around rather than surrender my, uh, surrender my will to a computer. So hope that helps dear. Yeah. I just, I want to say that God is moving me to go in a different direction. I almost died and I know he saved me. Mm-hmm. And twice I've had two heart attacks. He saved me twice from widow makers. And I mentioned it to someone and they said, well, that's the fourth time I've heard that. People say they know there's something left they have to do. I want to start a group on just get together with these people somehow and discuss this and tell them that it may not be a big thing we have to do. It just may be a daily thing we have to do. Mm. And children are really, really, really important right now, little ones they in are. my life. And really? I I feel I need to do this, but I don't know how. Well, listen, I'll, I'll send you. I'll send you a little book called Time to Grow. It goes over the basics of Christianity. Now, you would think that everybody knows the basics of Christianity, but I'm absolutely shocked they don't. So I'll send you that little book, and it's got Bible verses. You can look them up, get together, and just go over a page or something every time you have a Bible study. Just as a thought. Uh, that's why I wrote it. I made it real simple so people could be grounded in their relationship with God. It's called Time to Grow. It's yours. I'll send it to you for free. I'll send you the movie Jesus that you can show uh, uh, your group. And uh, you stay on the line, Heidi, and I'll get you taken care of. I'll get that stuff out to you. All right? Thank you so much. God bless you, dear. You stay on the line. We'll get you taken care of. And then, you know, you can just do a little a little bit, maybe a, a, a topic uh, uh, every time you get together. But uh, you stay in line. I'll get those out to you. God bless you, Darren. Thanks so much for the call. Let's go to Jay, Missouri. Hi, welcome. Hi. My question was just for clarification on baptism with yes. the, in Jesus Christ or in the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. If you could just clarify that. I know you've talked about it before, but if you could just clarify it one more sure, time. Sure. In the name of means by the authority of. And that's something that, unfortunately, a lot of people don't understand. 
Uh, if you're in a bank, somebody's robbing the bank, there's a plain cop, a uh, close cop that's there and dressed in a business suit. And uh, the guy is robbing the bank and he yells out, stop in the name of the law. Now, he doesn't quote the law. He says, but the law says you have to stop. Jesus said, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's what Jesus commanded. We find evidently Paul understood people were baptizing that way because he said, since you believe in Acts 19, have you believed, have you, have you been filled with the Spirit? They said, we haven't even heard of any such Holy Spirit. What's that? And then he goes on and he says, well, how are you baptized? Surely as you went into the water in the name of the Father, Son, and here it is, Holy Spirit, how are you baptized? And they said, in John's baptism only. So then he reckoned with them the scriptures. So we have then this uh, uh, a command from Jesus that we baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We find the early church was baptizing in Jesus' name. It's by God's authority we baptize anybody. And so it's by that. So I have had people uh, baptized in Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I've had people uh, baptized in Jesus' name. If you are baptized either way, praise God. That's great. If you're in a oneness church or a church of modalism where they have modalized, they put all Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, it's all just Jesus only, that is a cult. And uh, John uh, 2.22 says, He that denies the Father and the Son hath the spirit of Antichrist. So very clearly, when Jesus was baptized, the voice from him, this is my beloved son, hear him. The Holy Spirit in the form of a dove came out and rested upon him. But to say there's just Jesus only, there's no heavenly father, there's no Holy Spirit, they're making up and they're taking away from God's word. Very important to to not let that happen. Your thoughts? Uh, yeah, it's I, I, I just agree 100% with what you said and uh, and just, uh, you know, what's, what's important for people to remember is that, uh, God doesn't make baptism an option. It's not necessary for salvation, but it is very important. Um, yes. it's, it's, it's so it's, it's something that people shouldn't say, well, you know, some people will get baptized this way, that way. I just won't worry about it. No, God's word is very clear about it and very clear on the exhortation. All who are believers, all who come to the saving grace of Jesus Christ, um, they need to be baptized, not for salvation, but for obedience and to glorify the Lord and to, uh, to make a public testament of our faith and our reliance on Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Yeah, it's one of the first acts we do of obedience, and it's an outward sign of an inward change. And it is a public testimony. And so understanding that, I hope that answers it for you, um, Jay. It does. Uh- it does. It actually does. But can I ask just one more question? And it's in regard to something you've also talked about. So a church where they speak tongues all the time at every service, and there's lots of people who do it. Is that type of church a cult? No, but they're imbalanced because First Corinthians chapter 14 says two or at the most three, and that one explain what they're doing. You can check that Acts 14. We're all out of time. Thanks, Brad, for being on. And uh, God to bless you. Have a safe weekend. Ministry or to receive a copy of today's program, please call 1-800-357-4226 or write us to Every Man and Answer, P.O. Box 391, Twin Falls, Idaho, 83303. That toll-free number is 1-800-357-4226. 
Subscribe to the free podcast on iTunes by searching for To Every Man and Answer in the iTunes store or visit us online at csnradio.com slash T-E-M-A. To Every Man and Answer is a production of CSN International, the Christian Satellite Network. The opinions expressed by our guests may or may not be those of CSN International or of this station. 